You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Goodbye, international break. Welcome back, domestic seasons. And it's a huge one this weekend, of course, as Arsenal face Liverpool, Man City against Leicester City, Bayern Munich against RB Leipzig, PSG against Lille. We have a Copa del Rey final. We discuss the Sergio Ramos injury, Robert Lewandowski, and so much more. Jimmy Conrad, James Bench, Que Golazo weekend preview begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo, our weekend preview. Jimmy Conrad, how are you, man? I'm good. And it's April Fool's Day. So I don't know what's coming, Luis, but I'm ready for you. Nothing's coming because I, I actually I, I'm I don't think we're ready yet. The, the world <laughs> is not ready for April Fool's. Like, let's just wait one more year. And then maybe OK, all right. all right. Nothing's coming. Don't worry. May, but maybe James Bench has something in store. Bench, no, how are you? It's past midday here in the UK. So legally, you're not allowed to April Fool's me. Them's <laughs> I need to see paperwork to prove that. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. This is our weekend preview and uh, rejoice. International break is over. Uh, so now the club season continues. Uh, so much to discuss. But I wanted to talk to the guys first about, you know, Another major key player down uh, due to international break. Uh, Sergio Ramos announcing, uh, well, he had a muscle injury, so he's out for the Champions League games against Liverpool. He's out against Barcelona in a classical. This is a big deal. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Robert Lewandowski out as well, but Sergio Ramos, uh, another addition, Jimmy. This is this is a big deal once again. Yeah. It's a big deal for me because I wanted Mo Salah to get his revenge with the arm bar stuff. You know, we know that Sergio Ramos dabbles in the dark arts of defending. He's a perennial winner. And when he's not on the field, Real Madrid just don't play the same. I wanted to see both of these teams at their very best. Uh, well, the best they could possibly be, given that Van Dyke and all those guys are out for Liverpool. But I just want to see Mo Salah get his revenge over two legs against this guy that broke his arm and his whole confidence at the Champions League final not too long ago. And we're not going to have that opportunity. I don't know. This really changes kind of my preview and prediction, let's say, around that Real Madrid-Liverpool match. Very similar to PSG and Bayern Munich with Robert Lewandowski out. So this is an interesting one. Again, I want to reference April Fool's Day because he played four minutes against Kosovo. Like, at what point did he pull a calf muscle? Was it in training? Like, why would they even roll him out in that last game if he had any semblance of an injury? I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Benj has got a little bit more insight uh, on the details of the calf of Sergio Ramos, nope. but uh, I find it interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea why they brought him on. It, I mean, I suppose that there's also that thing of if you go back to Real Madrid before the international break, they were sort of playing him 60 minutes here, mm -hmm. 60 minutes there, because he's just coming back from a knee injury. So, I mean, it's, that's and that's why he came off against Greece uh, when they could have used his narrative busting powers, but. You know, like going back to what Jimmy said, this team is, they lose that superpower, this Real Madrid team in the Champions League. They lose that that stupid ability they have to turn even the worst situation into a victory. I mean, Colin Miller here, uh, great writer um, for Football Espanias, little tweet uh, that Real Madrid's last 10 Champions League matches without Sergio Ramos 
They've lost seven of them. They've actually won the other three and against teams like Inter, Atalanta. But then they lose it without Ramos to teams like CSKA, Moscow, Club Bruges. Oh, they beat Club Bruges. Fair play. Well done there. Lose to Man City, <laughs> lose to Shakhtar twice. Um, he is the, he, you know, when we always, you know, I always come on this pod and I always say about Real Madrid. Yeah. You know, if Ramos is in the team, they always have this superpower of turning the worst situation into an advantage. And actually you kind of look back and you go, yeah, a lot of that Sergio Ramos. So, yeah, it feels like a real change in how we're going to view this tie going forward, which I'm really excited about. I can't wait. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, I mean, the statistics, first of all, Real Madrid scored 10 goals in March. So like Sergio Ramos was part of one of them. But I think uh, the most important part, which is what Ench just mentioned, guys, is that he just gives that extra sense of confidence to everybody. And just the fact that he's a center back, he's the captain. He's like pushing the team going forward. He sees in front of him what's coming, uh, free kicks, penalty taker, like, uh, you know, set pieces. It's just a big deal, uh, you know. Uh, and I think that against Liverpool uh, in two legs and then El Clasico, which is, you know, it's just a big game for them anyway. It's going to be a big problem. So I don't know. Uh, th- does your mind change, Jimmy, on the champion? Like, did you have Real Madrid beating Liverpool in the first place? I did. What? I did. And now I'm going to change it. I'm absolutely going to change it because I think that Sergio Ramos, to your guys' points, has that gravitas, right? And when Rafael Varane, his partner, has to be the number one guy in the back line, I don't think he does well with that. I think he likes being the number two. I think he's comfortable with being the number two and allowing Sergio Ramos to be that vocal leader. You need somebody in the back that keeps everybody in line, that communicates. And Rafael Varane just looks a little shy. you know. And the last time that Real Madrid faced the Premier League team in the knockout rounds of the Champions League was last season, and Varane made two mistakes against Manchester City that got them knocked out. I actually thought Madrid played pretty well in that game, all things considered. But those two mistakes ended up costing them. And Sergio Ramos wasn't playing in that one. So, yeah, I, 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 they're a different team. They are a different team when he's not in the lineup. And as much as I value all the experience and all the, the trophies they've won in this competition, I just think Liverpool might have the edge. And now, finally, Liverpool fans might thinking, something's going our way this season. That's amazing. <laughs> so we'll see uh, if they can actually uh, turn that into something positive and, and beat Real Madrid. And it's an even playing field because Liverpool losing Virgil van Dijk. They'll be like, now you know what it feels like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what about you, James? Mate? Did you have Liverpool uh, winning this one? I now? had Liverpool. I had Liverpool anyway, winning this. And, yeah. and maybe that's just my my mad pro Premier League mentality. But I like Liverpool to win this. I mean, the one thing I would say is, yeah, I completely agree with Jimmy. Varane as the number one option. I don't know what it is, but it's not quite as effective. Um, but it's still going to be Nacho and Varane at one end. Ozan Kabak and Nat Phillips at the other. Like, you know, I know which partnership I'm picking and I know <laughs> I think Benzema will score quite a few, but yeah, I just have this mad hunch with Liverpool. It's yeah. nothing more than that, but I, I can't shake it. It's really weird that we keep saying, I don't know, I see Varane as a number two, you know, World Cup champion, Champions League winner, Rafael Varane. We still don't really see him as the guy that can lead the way, but it's definitely a, a solid argument, especially when Sergio Ramos is missing. All right. So, well, you tweet us, uh, James Bange, uh, Jimmy Conrad, LME Echegaray. I should make my tweet account a little easier to say, but <laughs> you know what? I don't care. Gago uh, Lasso Pod on Twitter. What do you think? Who's going to win now, Real Madrid or Liverpool? And don't forget that we're going to have plenty to talk about next week as the Champions League returns. But this is the weekend preview about what's coming up. So let's begin in the Premier League. And let's begin, of course, with James Benji's Arsenal against the team that we just talked about, Liverpool. A pretty damn big game. Historically, now 
uh, a lot uh, taken into account. What do you see here, James Bench? It's a really big game. I mean, I don't want to do spoilers, but our editor, Mike Goodman, got me to write the 10 biggest games remaining in the season. And look, it's not Fulham, Newcastle big. It's not Manchester Derby big, but it's big. <laughs> it's quite a big game. Um, for, for Liverpool, the, the top four is not as far away as we think. And a win on, on Sunday night, I mean, they could be eight points off Chelsea and that's going to be hard, but you could hope that Leicester start dropping points. You've got to start picking them up yourself. Liverpool have a good run in aside from this Arsenal game and this Man United game. If they won those two, I don't see any reason why they couldn't win out the remainder of the season. They're a really good team. They look so much better with Fabinho in midfield. But like I was saying, it's that means Phillips and uh, Quebec at the back against Aubameyang, who is, you know, all this talk about Aubameyang, but he is still playing really well. He's getting in positions in a way he didn't before Christmas. For Arsenal, like, it's a strange one. I don't feel like there's a huge amount riding on this Premier League season. It's not like it's going to define Arteta's tenure. It's all about the Europa League. But ultimately, you can't, you know, you can't not, like lose every game in the Premier League and think that you'll be successful in the Europa League. We saw that in Unai Emery's sole full season when every, the, the wheels just fell off in the Premier League and then they didn't have that winning habit when they played Chelsea. So, I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it even though it's an 8 p.m. kickoff on a Saturday and they're going to make me drive into London, rush hour Saturday. I'm hate, going to hate that, but it, it's going to be worth it. The game. Nobody feels bad for you, Ben. Yeah, I don't, I don't, Save those tears for somebody that cares. There are no <laughs> violins here. The only thing that I'm worried about is that you're going to cause Obama Young a starting spot once again, because you'll get him late as well, going into the traffic and stuff. <laughs> no, what I wanted to hop in and say with regard to, like, say, tactics on both sides, that with, with Kabak and, and Nat Phillips, with Liverpool, they've started the last two games before the break. They were both clean sheets against RB Leipzig and against Wolves. I think having Fabinho in his normal spot has made Liverpool look a little bit more like the old Liverpool. They seem to transition. Their fluidity is a little bit better. I think that Fabinho does an excellent job, obviously, of protecting that back four, especially his two young center backs. And I think that will make a difference. I suspect that, uh, that Jurgen Klopp will roll out the same guys and and I could see a similar result with all due respect to Arsenal who are very good at home all things all things considered they're just having a tough time I think with consistency and stringing wins together I found this stat where uh, they haven't won successive league games since January that's not a good look and obviously Liverpool are going to be coming in needing this international break to get some rest but Liverpool uh, I have another one uh, headed into the international break with successive wins which is as many as their previous eight games combined. So it's kind of the tale of two different trends going on. And, and I think Liverpool probably needed that break a little bit more than Arsenal, but we could argue, I guess, Arsenal needed it too. I just think with, with Diogo Jota, all, now Bobby Firmino's back into training. Jota scored for Liverpool before the break, scored for his country during the break. Uh, he's, he's back in fine form, and I think they're better when he's on the field as well. I think Firmino maybe finds a spot on the bench, maybe comes in late if they need him. Uh, but but I like I actually like Liverpool to, to win this one. I, I think they're going to tip it. I think they're going to get a little boost of, of uh, wow, some things are going our way with the Sergio Ramos news, and I think they could parlay that into a good result this weekend. Well, give us the lines right now, then. Well, what's going on here? with So our- I like Liverpool to win in over two and a half goals. I think both teams are going to score. I could see a 2-1 scoreline for Liverpool. That's plus 220. Uh, I also like Mo Salah to score and, and Liverpool to win in both teams to score. I do think that Arsenal... 
will find the back of the net. That's plus 450. Both teams score Liverpool win and most lost scores. I, I, what I wanted to say tactically from, from Arsenal's perspective was that it looks like Emile Smith-Rowe, who had a hip injury in the U21 game for England, uh, he, he's against Croatia. He's going to probably miss out. And I really like that three underneath Aubameyang with Smith-Rowe, Saka, who looks like he's going to come back into the team, and Odegaard. They're just, I like their fluidity. I like the rhythm that they, they set with those three. And it's clear that Aubameyang's enjoying that as well. With Smith Rowe out, who I think does a lot of thankless work, uh, dude, mm. runs a lot. That kid runs a lot. Um, do you drop Lacazette into that spot? And then, or excuse me, uh, Aubameyang in that spot and put Lacazette up top? I don't know what you think, Bench, but I really feel like I'm curious to see what Arteta does without Smith Rowe, who has been somewhat of a revelation this season. Oh, Smith Rowe is, is, is fantastic. I've interviewed him a few times. He's a really smart, diligent guy. And he's, he, he is really hard to replace because it's hard to find someone that's kind of willing to subsume their ego. Mm -hmm. That's willing to step out of that number 10 role that they kind of made their own and, and let Erdegaard shine and run the hard yards down the channel, get Tierney and get Erdegaard in positions to excel. A lot of those things are the things that you signed Willian to do. And Willian mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. not done them at all. But I think, I mean, you know, it's that, maybe it's Pepe as well. I mean, he's had some really good games off the left. You, you have options, but I feel like none of them are the sort of sure thing that Smith Rowe's been. Mm -hmm. The other thing, go back to your betting tips. Give me, give me some odds on Roberto Firmino scoring. Let me give you this now. Eight goals, three assists in 11 Premier League games against uh, Arsenal. Uh, Liverpool pick up 22 points from those 11 games, six wins, four draws, and one loss. Firmino is like, he's... You know, we, we we all laugh about him for 36 games of the season, but then he plays Arsenal and it's like El Phenomeno. El Phenomeno <laughs> is, is out on the pitch. That's... His smile is improved. His hair is better. Yeah. And, and just to add to your info, by the way, as Jimmy gives us that, uh, that the, the, no fixture in because um, we've been talking about the, you know, big six matches this season and they've, you know, for the most part been pretty boring, but no fixture in the Premier League has given us more goals than Arsenal against Liverpool, like 166 goals. Uh, so, you know, there is something to be said. And then the Firmino narrative goes into that. So, Jimmy, what, what was going on there? What, yeah, so Bobby Firmino to score any time, which is pretty good value, plus 290. You know, had he been healthy, had Jota been hurt, you know, I think that would have been half that, right? Maybe plus 125, plus 150 for him to score any time. But those are some good numbers. I like that. I might, might throw a flyer on that bench. Plus 290 for Bobby Firmino to score any time. And I do like both teams to score. So if you're looking for some value here, it's a bit of a coin flip on William Hill. So if you wanted to put it in a parlay as well, you could probably get some good action on, on one of those results too. But yeah, this should be a cracking game. And let's be honest, if Liverpool don't win this, their hopes to get into the top four not necessarily done, but they're they're going to be starting to fizzle out, and, and it's going to be a lot more difficult to to try to catch uh, the teams ahead of them. Yeah, Benj, give me your final prediction on this one. Uh, two one Liverpool. All right. Well, there you go. Let's stay in the Premier League, everybody, because uh, James Bench did mention something that if Leicester City drops points, then maybe it can help uh, the likes of Liverpool. And guess who Leicester City have to play this weekend? <laughs> Man City. What a game this one. Uh, Jimmy, it's going to be a, a pretty, hopefully, entertaining game. Yeah, what I want to say, of course, anytime Man City's playing, it, there's some form of entertainment, usually because they're crushing the other team to death with possession. It's a revenge match for City, though, because they lost to Leicester 5-2 to two earlier in the year, which is a crazy result because we've been lavishing praise on the defense of Man City for most of this season. So for them to give up five in one game is crazy. And if you take away that one game, City have given up 16 goals 
in total in their other 29 games in the Premier League against everyone else. And that is insane. So I also did some, I uh, got some fun facts for you guys. Um, when I go visit some, some sites to kind of, you know, build some narrative and understand some of the trends that are happening behind the scenes, between the lines, as I like to say, they had Man City. They usually list like the team, team's strengths and weaknesses. And for Man City, there were no weaknesses. I've never seen it before. In years and years of research, they had no weaknesses for Man City. And then I went and looked to see if uh, City has any injury concerns. They've got no injuries. I mean, Pep Guardiola has these guys physically peaking at the right time. So that's something to consider. And then when I looked at Leicester's, I'm like, okay, well, uh, they've been missing some players, Harvey Barnes, uh, James Justin. And I know that uh, James Madison will probably come back into the team, which is nice. But they said, well, they're weak at defending counters. They're weak at defending set pieces. They're weak at aerial duels, defending against attacking through balls. So I'm like, ah, let me look at their opponent again. Oh, yes, City's awesome at all those things. So when you look at it on paper, City should do the business. That said, Ilya Nacho scored seven goals in his last four appearances. Uh, Vardy hasn't, he scored once since Christmas Eve. So I feel like he's due. Madison comes back into the team. Ricardo Pereira, uh, finally, they're starting to stabilize the, the health of their back line. He comes back in. He's a tremendous outside back and one of the best to do it last season. Been hurt a lot this year. I just don't know. I think City's going to win. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if Leicester's going to score. I haven't decided yet if I think Leicester's going to score. So I want to hear you guys, your, your thoughts, and then I'll give you guys my lines. Well, Man City uh, Youth Academy graduate, Ilya Nacho, by the That's way. That's true, that, yeah. That be, uh, yep. uh, Bench, uh, it's, you know, you, from a Liverpool perspective, from an Arsenal, well, from everybody, really, you just want, you know, Man City going to run away with it. They might as well just hopefully make other teams drop points so the other teams can climb up. But how do you see this game? No, I don't want that. I want Leicester in the Champions League, man. I, I really love going to the King Power. Largely, I mean, they, they bring you a pie at halftime, man. I was going to say, I mean, there no, must I be some snacks there that are really good. <laughs> but, but it, you know, catering is something I need to consider. <laughs> of course. Who, who's going to be in the Champions League? I, I'm with you on that. I would 100% take catering into consideration. <laughs> we need um, to do like a ranking of uh, catering... Uh, uh, right. Chelsea, the Chelsea, the Kings of this. Yeah, Chelsea, just... I remember that even from my university. The Chelsea Stamford Bridge catering is pretty spot on. Anyway, back to Leicester City, Man City. Uh, what do you think here? Well, I do think that. I mean, I in my head, I convinced myself that Leicester were slightly more consistent against Man City than they are, and obviously there was the huge win win this season, but but not a huge number since the the title win. Um, having said that, I I feel like I completely agree that all of Leicester's weaknesses play right into City's hands. But then a lot of Leicester's strengths are the sort of things you would hope that's where City might slip up, you know, with the split strikers. And we, when we do rightly sort of say that Vardy's dropped off a little bit since Christmas, but I do, part of that is he's just been willing to run those lines to make space for Ian Acho, who's just been absolutely brilliant. I thought they were, I, I remember watching the, the FA Cup game against Man United. And I thought Vardy had a really good game despite wasting a few chances because you could see that Lindelof and Maguire were thinking, right, you know, because Premier League defenders are terrified of Jamie, Jamie Vardy more so than I think almost any striker in the league because it's that electric pace. It's how he punishes you for every error. And I really like him against City. We saw John Stones is not infallible. We saw that for England against Poland. I like that. I like the idea of Tielemans pinging balls over the top for them to attack. Um, as Jimmy said, the defence, the Leicester defence looks pretty solid. If they run that back three of Fafana, uh, Soyan Chu and Evans, you think City will, will have to work for their goals. 
But then it's City, isn't it? That's basically my argument. Like we could have a beautiful 3000 word essay about Leicester City and how they might do it. It's Manchester City. And to Jimmy's point, everybody's healthy. I'm convinced with this Saudi Arabian money, they got like that, uh, like Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar. Like they've got these like portals. They go in there. They're like, oh, I got a little niggling injury. Like they just go in there for 20 minutes and they're perfect. It's just they're, they're unstoppable. I think Leicester City will give them a game, but it's just they're just too good, Jimmy. They're just too good. I also want to throw into the mix for people to consider that City only need to win five more games to win the league. Yeah, and so their I think there's it's full on. Yeah. Yeah, you, why not? You want to end that as quickly as you possibly can. Now, I also add, add the caveat that Man, Manchester United actually have to win as well. They have to keep pace with, with Man City to, to get to the five games. So it could be four games for Man City, but I think they're going to come into this going, hey, we came out of a break. We have some players that are rested. Obviously, some are not because they, they had to play multiple games during the break. But, but we have to go at it. And, and we're going to want to set the tone very early, I think, in this one to let Lester know that there's not going to be a 5-2 happening this time. So I think there's a couple things at play here because the sooner they can get rid of this league title, get rid of sounds pretty negative. As soon as they can capture this league title, the more they can, they can focus their energy on all the other trophies they're trying to win. And I think that's going to be a big point of emphasis for Pep. And I'd be really surprised if it wasn't. So, yeah, I, I think they're going 100 miles an hour in this one as they then obviously can rest some guys or at least be thoughtful about how they're going to stack up against Borussia Dortmund midweek. Get rid of this title. Like, put it at the back of the room. <laughs> it's, just, like, it's already just, done. They know they've won it. Sorry, yeah. That just was put it next to our friend's DVD uh, <laughs> set pack. Like, we don't have enough space. <laughs> All right, so, what's the betting tips? Did you give us that? Yeah, no, I haven't yet. I'm going to say City to win. I do think that Leicester will find a way to score because they've done it before, because they have the confidence of, of scoring five against them. They might just have that vibe against City. But I think City will still win. That's plus 200. And then there's so many scoring options for City. I didn't know like which which player to go with. I don't know who's going to start. Everybody's healthy. There's so many options there. Obviously, Aguero's coming back into the team, and he just announced he's leaving. So maybe there's like a let's throw Aguero a bone, and maybe you'll give him the rare start and see if he can score against Leicester. I feel like it's safer to go with Kevin De Bruyne to get an assist. I think he'll be on the end of something plus 125. But then to to Benj's point about Firmino. There's something about De Bruyne right now. Before the break, he had scored four goals in three games heading into the break. And then for Belgium, he had a goal against Wales and he had the assist against Czech Republic. Uh, so the guy's on fire right now. I don't know what's going on with Kevin De Bruyne, but he's going to be involved in some ways. And if he, him scoring anytime is plus 290. So you have some pretty good value of De Bruyne getting some action, either an assist anytime plus 125 or scoring plus 290. I like De Bruyne in this game a lot. I like it. I like it. There's something about De Bruyne. Just replace. There's something about Marion. Just sing that song. At the end of the <laughs> James Bench, uh, give me your prediction on this one. Like a really impressive three 0 defeat for Leicester. Uh, go. <laughs> that was not a three 0 but it was. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I, it'll be a good three 0 <laughs> I think. I think with Madison back in the team. I do think that Leicester are going to score. I Well, I, I'm obviously encouraging people to consider it, but obviously, you know, go with your head, not your heart. That's always uh, yeah. tip number one. In I'm, I'm in between both. So I think Man City score three, but I think Leicester City will get one. All um, right. Thanks. Yeah. So there you go. We'll see what happens there. All right. Uh, all right. Well, listen, uh, and make sure that you check out cbsports.com and, you know, you see the remaining of the Premier League games because we've got plenty more to talk about. We're going to take a break and we'll go around Europe. Que uh, golazo weekend preview. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's still madness time in the sports world with the NCAA tournament as crazy as ever. 
but you are diehard sports fans, which means you want to stay in the know with all sports. And that's where CBS Sports HQ is your streaming answer. Just think about what's on tap this week alone. NFL draft and offseason coverage, MLB opening day, Ballard 255, golf picks and highlights, and of course, unmatched breaking news coverage. We could go on, but you get it. Sports never sleeps, and neither does CBS Sports HQ. It's available on your computer, your phone, via the CBS Sports app, and your connected TV. I leave it on all day if I were you, and if you live and breathe sports, I'd encourage you to just keep watching and watching CBS Sports HQ and so much more content. Hey, our Kegolasso bracket challenge is closing in and there are some fantastic races here. Our very own Jimmy Conrad's right up there trying to push and win it. Make sure that you stay up to date with it. Uh, the winner gets a $100 gift card for Paramount Plus. So make sure that you check that out. All right. So make sure that you stay tuned as the NCAA March Madness wraps up. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Egolazo Weekend Preview. We are now discussing the rest of Europe. Some really great games. Finally, the international break is over. I'm also really happy, too, because as a South American, it's really annoying when you're, like, watching these really boring games and there's no conmable. It's really annoying. So I'm just happy that uh, the club season is back. Anyway, the Bundesliga, guys. No Lewandowski. Uh, we talked about Sergio Ramos. We know that Lewandowski is also out at least a month, at least four weeks, I believe. And Bayern, who are not running away with the Bundesliga by any means, now face RB Leipzig, Jimmy Conrad. This is a big game uh, for everybody, but... Obviously, Bayern have to, Hansi Flick has to readjust, so to speak. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, they don't have anybody else to replace him. But still, it's a major loss, obviously. 
Yeah, major, major loss. I had this game circled on my calendar prior to the international break because I think it just has massive implications for as to who's going to win the Bundesliga, even though I feel like we can all kind of quietly agree that Bayern Munich is still going to find a way, even if Lewandowski's out for four weeks due to his knee injury. They're also missing Alfonso Davies due to a red card suspension and Jerome Boateng to yellow card accumulation. So Bayern obviously don't look as strong. Leipzig have their own issues, including... Uh, and I know Benj wants to talk about him, Upa Meccano, who is going to be Bayern's new summer signing, or is already signed, he's going to join him in the summer. So it's kind of weird, I think. So it's so German, right? So like the Marco Rosa thing at Borussia Mönchengladbach, announced things six months in advance, but then still have to fit. It's whatever. It's, it is what it is. Uh, I've actually bummed for Lewandowski. He was looking set to break Gerd Muller's 40 goals in a season. He was at 35, and it, maybe that holds him up. I don't know. Maybe he can come back and score eight against Wolfsburg or whatever he likes to do against that team in particular. A couple other fun facts. Um, in 76 competitive games under Hansi Flick, they've only failed to score once, and that was in February of 2020 against RB Leipzig. So take that for what it is. I still feel like this team's got too much. Uh, there's so much at stake. Obviously, four points separate them at the top. Leipzig have to think that without those players I mentioned, Lewandowski in particular, this is their big chance to make it happen. That said, anytime I've seen Leipzig play in big games this season, yeah, they, they got by Manchester United in the group stages to qualify to the knockout rounds, but against Liverpool over two legs, I was pretty disappointed in how they played. And I think that Bayern Munich now, knowing that they're going to be without Lewandowski, could really cherish this game against Leipzig before they head into the Champions League against PSG because now they get to tinker and actually have a, a 90 minutes to figure out how they're going to solve this. Do you start Chupamotin? Personally, I think they're going to go with Serge Gnabry up top and maybe play that false nine. Coman on one side, Sané on the other, Mula underneath, and you got Kimmich and Goretzka, and you still got Hernandez and Pavar. I mean, those guys are so good. So, so I don't think that Leipzig's going to get a result here. I could see a draw, and I could see Bayern winning because they very similar to Real Madrid. They just seem to win the games that maybe they shouldn't because that's what champions do. But I want to hear from you guys before I give my lines because I'm 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 leaning I'm leaning a couple different ways here. Chime in, Benji. I mean, I, firstly, I, I find the player with Upamecano playing against his former, his future team, I think that almost works in a really different way to a manager who we know, That's fair. You know with Marco Rose's heads, his heads elsewhere. I think if you're Upamecano, you're going to go out. This is almost like your first training session. You're going to go out and you're going to smash these guys. You know, you are going to first tackle you have to make on. I think it's going to be Chupamoting, and I'll explain why in a sec. You're going to hit them really hard. You want them to know that you're going to be the number one centre-back next season. But, I mean, the, the other thing, obviously, is the striker or who leads the line. I think we can kind of discount Muller because he hates playing there. So, for me, it becomes, do you want Gnabry and someone off the bench, Coman or Douglas Costa or, you know, a, a little bit more punch off the bench? Or, or do you just kind of roll roll with Chupamoting? And, like, you know, it's a body to occupy those spaces, to give someone Muller to play passes to, to give someone the, the forwards to the, the wide forwards, some, some angles to work with. I kind of go for Chupo Moting. I, I mean, I think Serge Gnabry is fantastic. I'm sure he could do that job, but I have this weird feeling that we're going to see quite a lot of, we're going to be talking an awful lot about Eric Maxim Chupo Moting during the final stages of well, it, because especially PSG is coming up as well. But listen to the to the to the best Thomas Muller impression. What about Leon Skoretska? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to jump in and say that I think Upa Meccano struggles with quicker strikers. We saw it against PSG in the Champions League last season when they rolled out a false nine. They didn't go with the Cardi when they could have. They could have gone with Chupamotin as well. They did not. And and Upa Meccano 
has, I think he, his one big weakness is that he struggles whether to step into midfield with that false nine or to drop off and hold his space. Either way, it's going to create gaps when you're playing against world-class players. So I could see Hansi Flick see, seeing that, recognizing it and saying, come on, come on, come, come chase Nabry into, into midfield and then open up those gaps for Sané and Coman to, to bomb through. So I don't know. That's really interesting. I, I could obviously make a strong case for Chupa Motin as well because he's more of a like-for-like like for Lewandowski in terms of size and ability to hold up the ball. Maybe not, obviously not in the finishing side of things, but he's no slouch in that department either. So it'll be interesting to see because obviously if you're Hansi Flick, you're still looking ahead to PSG and how you can unlock those guys because they're PSG doesn't get enough credit for their defending. I think they're pretty stout defensively as well. So there's a lot to take into consideration here. And I think if you guys are looking ahead to the Champions League, like we all are to a certain extent, I'm very curious to see the lineup that Bayern Munich rolls out. Well, give us the quick lines uh, because I want to do that PSG segue because they have a big game this weekend as well. Yeah. The lines over, uh, so I, I think both Bayern teams are going to score. I, I, we've, we've learned that Bayern, uh, not very adept at uh, keeping clean sheets this season, whether Manuel Neuer's in the sticks or not. So... I like both teams to score. The value there is tremendous. Plus nine, 290 for the draw. Uh, plus 260 if both teams score and Bayern win. And then plus 300 if RB Leipzig uh, and both teams score. I'm, I'm kind of seeing a draw here because there's so much at stake, because there's four points there. I could see RB Leipzig being pretty conservative in some ways and trying to hit him on the counter. I think with Angelino still out, they, they lack that presence on the left side to, to really hurt teams and to maybe unbalance teams. And when he's out, they can really focus on other players. They still don't have like a, since Timo Werner left and we can, whatever you want to say about Timo Werner these days, he still was very dangerous to RB Leipzig. They haven't really replaced him in a meaningful way. I think they're pretty, they just feel more predictable than they have in the past. So I like both teams to score, but I am going to go out on a flyer and I am putting money on this. Serge Gnabry to score first, plus 450. The guy loves scoring early goals. Uh, I bet on it a few times last season of the Champions League and it hit every single time. I don't know what it is. That guy just lights it up in the first 30 to 45 minutes. And then after that in the second half, it's like he can't be bothered, usually because Byron's up 5-0 at that point. But but, uh, that's I'm looking at that one pretty hard. Yeah, well, that's interesting because I was going to say that this narrative was going to be similar to what happened with Dortmund, where like Dortmund were going to hit Bayern first and then suddenly Bayern would just wake up. But the difference here, no Lewandowski to really just round it all up for Bayern Munich. So I could go with that with uh, Gnabry scoring first. How about Leroy Sané assist or something as well? That could maybe be three. I'm going to go with a draw as well. I think it's going to be two all or something like that. High scoring draw. James Bench, final score prediction for you. Yeah, one all. Yeah. All right. Chupa Martin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Ben's <laughs> tripling down on Chupamotin. I'm here I, for it. I love it. I love it. All right. Some other games, by the way, this weekend, I mentioned PSG. They have to face Lille. Very big game in league. Uh, um, and obviously Copa del Rey as well uh, with Athletic Bilbao against Real Sociedad. Uh, an old Basque final there in that one. Uh, what do you have here uh, from either game, both games, one game, Jimmy Conrad? Yeah, I'll just kind of continue the trend of the two top teams in the league going against each other. PSG, Lille, tied on points. PSG's on top of the table only by goal difference. This game could decide the league, and I think it will. Only eight games left in Liga. For me, Lille disappointed me against Ajax in the Europa League. I expected a lot more from them, and for them to – I didn't say limp through it. You know, it was 2-1. They lost both games 2-1 to get knocked out. I just, just felt inferior. Yeah, felt just inferior. like – I didn't. I thought they were going to kick on. Hey, we're the best team in France – we're going to show you why. And they never really showed me why. And that was pretty disappointing. And I thought, okay, this team 
probably doesn't have what it takes to hold off PSG for the whole season. And I think we're going to see that. Uh, they also lost to PSG a couple weeks ago in uh, one of the cups. I don't know how many cups they have in France. The Coupe de la Ligue, uh, 3-0. They, they drew with Monaco 0-0 prior to that. They just lost to Nîmes 2-1 before the international break. Nîmes are in 18th place in Ligue 1. Their form is not good right now. PSG are welcoming Neymar back into the team. I think that dude's going to be up for it. I have him scoring any time. Or actually, I, have, I found the line that I like. Hit him to score and PSG to win 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, plus 450. I like that one a lot. I just think PSG, even though Verratti's going to be out and he's so good in helping that team transition, I think Neymar's going to score. I think he's going to want to prove that he's ready to go and somebody they can count on in the Champions League against Bayern. Obviously, PSG want to redeem themselves after losing to Bayern in the final last season. So... Yeah, I think everything's pointing to Neymar uh, being an absolute beast in this one. And uh, I just don't think Lille's going to show up. I think they struggle in big games. Yeah, after the international break as well. Uh, James Bench, anything on uh, Copa del Rey? Do you see something there? I, I mean, it's a real shame that obviously this game we've been waiting, God, nearly a year for it. <laughs> and in the end, it's, you know, it's the ultimate final, the, the great Basque derby, one of the best derbies in Europe. Um, and there's no fans and there's, you know, there's, it's a 9 PM kickoff in Spain and you can't even go to a bar and watch it. I mean, that's really sad, but you know, I'm really excited to see athletic Bilbao in their competition with two bites of the cherry. I mean, they could, they could win it this week and then win it again in a fortnight. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like the Johnson's paint trophy. <laughs> it's amazing. I'll just say, I, I found this really Great stat to give you guys some context on this game. There have been 117 editions of the Copa del Rey in Spain. And on 30 of those occasions, a team from the Basque country has won it. Athletic won it 23 times. Uh, Real Sociedad have won it twice. And that works out to be 26% of the Copa del Rey titles have gone to a Basque club. That region only makes up for 4.9% of Spain's population and only 1.4% of Spain's landmass. I thought that would stick in you guys' brains. The more you know, right? I'm giving that to you guys. The thing is, both of these teams are kind of limping into this. Uh, Real Sociedad lost 6-1 to Barcelona at home prior to the international break. Uh, Athletic are, are winless in their last three before the break. I just feel like, if you guys remember the Spanish Supercopa uh, final that happened where they were down to Barcelona 2-1, they came back to beat Real Madrid in the semis. Like, They're pretty good in this, this cup competition. They obviously found their way into the final against Barcelona in this season's iteration. I like Athletic to do it with all due respect to La Real. They've only scored, they've only scored, they haven't scored more than one goal in a game in over a month. And I just feel like they're struggling to really piece it together. They're not the same La Real's as the one that started the season when they were super hot. And David Silva obviously not playing has hurt them. Odegaard not being with them anymore has hurt them. And I just don't think they've replaced those guys. Uh, or really have anybody that can fill those gaps. So I like Athletic to do the business here. Uh, in terms of lines, I would just go with straight up here. It's a great parlay game. I like the draw after 90 minutes, to be honest. I could see both Basque. I could see a 0-0 after 90 minutes. It's plus 200 and then Athletic to win it in extra time. Uh, if you want one or the other, La Real to win straight up is plus 163 and Athletic is plus 188. It's a great parlay game, so something to consider. But I'm leaning towards Athletic. Well, I would be very just careful to tread on this game because Basque, fine, Basque game, like any time teams like this meet, like the narrative just like slaps you in the face. Uh, <laughs> but I'm with you. I think Athletic Bilbao might do it. Uh, all right, well, that's it. That's our weekend preview. You cannot complain once again. We gave you everything. <laughs> Um, any final words? Uh, the only thing that I'll add, by the way, is obviously Erlen Haaland is doing the rounds. His father, Mino Raiola, seen at Barcelona. Now our very own Fabrizio Romano reporting he's now in Madrid. 
talking to Real Madrid. So he's obviously making the rounds and it should be a very interesting summer indeed. Final thoughts about anything. James Bench, begin with you. Um, yeah, I mean, we previewed all the big games of the weekend, except the biggest. Barnsley against Reading. Huge. Friday night. Fifth against sixth in the championship. This is the mm. stage of the season where you need to start paying attention to the championship. 100%. So season, you don't look like a complete idiot having no idea who Daryl DK is. I mean, how could you not? But keep an eye on that. It's a great Friday, 12.30 Eastern. So easy watching when you should be working. Fire it up. Good shout out on the that championship. That's a great, great shout out. A championship for me is probably the most difficult league in the world to win. I think you make a big, strong case around that. I have my eyes, though, on the Turin Derby. Torino is hosting Juventus. Torino are one point ahead of the relegation zone. They're obviously dropped off a lot uh, this particular season. And obviously, uh, Juve have their own issues and are clinging on to that fourth spot in, in uh, the last Champions League. Napoli's two points behind them. So... That's that one's tight. And I think when you have your backs against the wall, you play a little bit different because uh, you got nothing to lose. You have that hunger to survive. Whereas Juve still feel like they're in that entitlement phase. Like, oh, well, we've won nine straight Scudettos and look at us. We've got Cristiano Ronaldo. And, and sometimes that that entitlement can work against you. So I'm very curious to see who shows up to play in this one, especially coming out of an international break. Love it. Love it. Uh, James Bench. Thank you so much, brother. My pleasure. Jimmy Conrad. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. Drop us a question, a comment, and we will answer it right here on the show. Uh, we're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and so much more. Have a great, great weekend. <laughs>